0: So, um, when I look at events like, oh, substations get shot up, and I think about who would be behind that? Who would like to see uh, our electrical system destroyed and cities unable to have power to people? And then I think back, wait a minute, this has happened before. Okay, so Washington, Oregon, North Carolina. Then I remember it happened in Silicon Valley. And I think about that and think, who would I call to get an idea of how serious this could be? And I think about my friend uh, Michael Roark, his retired special forces operator. And when that comes up, then I start to think about, well, wait now, hold on. If we're going to get Mike on, what is the actual truth about this thing with the Chinese Communist Party setting up police stations over here? And what would that group be, and what would they want to do with that? And then I think every time this happens, Mike knows about ten thousand other things about the Chinese Communist Party that I don't, because he does such of work over there. And I think it's been too long since we've had retired Special Forces Operator Michael Rourke who join us right now, with the great help of Soda Weight Loss, SodaWeightLoss to The Todd Herman Show is one hundred percent disapproved by Big Pharma technocrats and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. It pays to have friends who know a lot more than you do about things. Michael O'Rourke, in addition to being retired Special Forces, heads up a company called AOC Security uh, that helps people not become victims of the Chinese Communist Party and many other things. Also happens to be a world-class friend. And although tech did not want us to talk today, Mike, at all, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, so we're down to Bluetooth on your phone. I hope you hear me okay. And welcome to the show.
1: I hear you're fine, Todd. Good to be back with you again. And it's probably the Chinese Communist Party trying to keep us apart and not talk, not talk about them.
0: Uh, we won't have it. Uh, we refuse to <laughs> we refuse to play along. Uh, you were the original person who sent me, and it was long before it was in the news, you sent me um, some information on this hit on the substation in North Carolina. And in quick order, then the warnings went out, Washington State and Oregon. Uh, I see now that uh, leftist sociological, sociology professors are saying, well, this is clearly right-wing uh, attempting to take the nation down uh, by, by, and his, his, his view was, uh, we're going to, the right wing is going to do this so that they can gain uh, complete power. Cause that's of course what conservatives want, et cetera. And, and how do you view all this as a guy whose job it was to go out and prep environments and, and make things dangerous for bad guys?
1: Um, it's uh, well, it's interesting in that, uh, these attacks and actually the ones in uh, Washington and Oregon took place prior to North Carolina. They just weren't made public until after the North Carolina attacks. Um, but, uh, interesting now in these attacks, no one's uh, been claiming responsibility, at least nothing that's been released publicly, which kind of goes against the grain of attacks on the electric grid between 1970 and the, in and the year in 1999, where a lot of these, um, something would happen and then a group would, you know, get a hold of the media and say, this is the name of our group and this is why we did it. Um, most of the, uh, attacks now over 20 since 2000 have been, uh, these kind that where they're not being claimed. So it's kind of left up in the air. Um, and it's kind of left to speculation as far as who's doing it, but you have to look at who would be gaining the most. Who doesn't like, uh, the electric grid? Who doesn't like, um, uh, you know, the results or, you know, who's looking forward to the results of uh, power going out? And you just kind of have to look at also the areas where they're happening in the, the area you know, northern uh, Oregon. Southwestern Washington, that, that's a hotbed of uh, Antifa and eco-terrorism. And I'm not saying they did it, but uh, eco-terrorism certainly had a big part to play in the tax the electric grid in the 1980s and 90s.
0: Yeah. And then recently, attacks on the railroads and um, yep. spiking of trees. We know about that. Attacks on the railroads, and that's critical infrastructure. Um, and in fact, we're lucky that we didn't have train derailments in some of those cases. How effective? Uh, could this be if, if they're taking this out as as hit and run tests, you know, it's a very famous thing that James Woods, the actor, was on an airplane when there was a dry run for 9-11 and, and he tried to alert people like he saw what he saw. And James Woods is a pretty smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is a hit and run test and they're seeing hey how do the authorities respond and how long are people out of power if they were to concentrate this in the right place and, and go shoot up a bunch of substations in like a, you know, a smaller area, uh, how effective could this be as a way to, to destabilize a city or an area?
1: Well there are approximately 55,000 electric substations in the United States and there was a study done um, I think back around 2014. That if if during peak power demand, if you took out a certain nine stations in you know simultaneous or near simultaneous coordinated and sophisticated attacks, you could have cascading power failures going across uh, most of the country. How how many? And how many? Nine. Nine. Wow. Nine substations, you know, carefully selected and at the right times would uh, and require knowledge of the system and knowledge of the actual critical nodes on the stations would result in cascading power failures across the bulk of the country.
0: Wow. Uh, Something, I kind of feel like that we don't have enough redundancy and and double redundancy in our system. Um, That's a little bit frightening.
1: Yeah, we don't. We we have three separate power grids in the U.S. We have the east grid, um, the west grid, which I'm on, and then Texas has its own separate grid. And if you think about you know, the United States as a whole has, um, what we consider 16, um, critical infrastructure sectors and the energy sector of which the, you know, electric and power grid is part of is critical to all the other sectors. So if you attack at that, you're attacking, uh, the nation as a whole. If, if you're doing it in a more sophisticated way where you're trying to cause
0: massive power attacks or power outages, Yeah. Yeah, because you're attacking uh, food storage. You're talking, you know, uh, food movements. You're, I mean, everything. Uh, yep. Healthcare, uh, uh, law enforcement, uh, financial systems. Wow. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're, and you're kind of going down the list of those critical sectors right there.
0: Yeah. So yeah. That's because I hang out with you. It's only the reason. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> it's, oh, it doesn't sound that bad. Uh, we'll continue to chat with Mike. I, I'm, like you, not that much of a fan of the Chinese Communist Party setting up uh, police stations here, so we'll get Mike's view on that. Uh, we just mentioned the financial sector. Uh, you have uh, short of three weeks to figure out if you want to do it this year, if you're if your portfolio can withstand this incredible risk economy and the rigged financial system. And let me tell you the way that this is laid out. Okay, I've told you a lot about Zach Abraham. You hear him on the show every Friday. I consider him a brother. And he stewards money at Bulwark Capital Management. And they've been very successful by, I think, just adhering to that risk management strategy and being eyes completely open. Yep, yep, things are rigged. And the Fed and and the 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 Treasury are breaking the law. True stories, and or you could go the fidelity route. And hey, things are sunny and fine, and this is all very very normal. I prefer the route of reality. And here's the way this is laid out: You will call Zach's team, and you'll end up meeting with Zach. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, you call him at 779 risk. Okay, and this is the thing I suggest you do is say, hey, I want to have you take a look at my portfolio and see if we're set up for the chaos economy or risk management. And then understand this, like you're saying, yeah, but look, Todd, I'm at an employer. So what good does that do me? Well, here's the thing. If you're 58 years of age or older and you're going to stay working for a bit, or even if you're not, you can transfer your employer's 401k into Zach's hands. That is not a taxable event. So he could be managing your money now. with Bulwark Capital Management. If you're facing retirement, it is so important. If you're five years out, you're in the risk zone. If you're 10 years out, uh, you're nearing the risk zone. But we're all in the risk zone. So call them, get a meeting set up, get his input, and then make a decision. Do you want to move the money over to Bulwark Capital Management to have him start managing that for you, the team at Borg? 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to know, K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement both capital management an investment advisor representative of Chuck Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor Mike O'Rourke is with us AOC security there's a link in the show notes here to him there and uh, the website for the, the firm and also uh, his Twitter account Mike uh, you and I had dinner um, not so long ago you bought thank you for that by the way what did you think of Mexican food in Idaho Oh,
1: uh, was pretty darn good <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think it was our it was our second time being there, I and mean, it's like uh,
0: it was great both times. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't I can't eat as much as you do, though. Okay, put that in perspective, context. <laughs> like I go into a circumstance like that, man. I train for that. Like I'm training for the gym. When I walked in to sit with you, I was four thousand calories in the hole, brother. So I don't always <laughs> sit there and consume food like that, but. Um, <laughs> You and I were talking about the police stations that the Chinese Communist Party is setting up here. And number one, I don't think either, and I either you or I are wild about this. But um, how? Who is this group? And the, I mean, it's the Chinese Communist Party? But what is this subgroup? And what are they doing? Well, I don't
1: think they would uh, actually be uh, regular police officers. More than likely, they're folks working for the Ministry of State Security, which is. Uh, the massive outfit in China responsible for both internal and external security. It's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like the CIA and FBI rolled into one. Um, but, uh, with, with none of the redeeming qualities.
0: <laughs> Such as they are. Uh, no, there's this, there are good godly men and women at the CIA and FBI just trying to get their gigs done. There are, uh, I think the FBI is, is rotten from the head down, but there's a, g- a lot of good agents still trying to get work done. um, So Mike, what would a what would a Chinese citizen or uh, let's say a Chinese national who'd left China, if they knew that they were being followed by the minister of state security, what would that do to their heads and their psyche? Well,
1: not, um, not only thinking they're being followed, but actually being approached by them and reminding, uh, you know, and they'll remind, let's say that you have this, uh, person immigrated to the U S whether currently U S citizen or not, um, Remind them of their family back in China, and say, you know, maybe you shouldn't be speaking out against the, uh, uh, the Chinese government, uh, you know, like like you have been, or maybe they'll be pressured uh, into, um, you know, finding secrets, uh, intellectual property, you know, from their employer, uh, depending depending on where they work. If it's you know a sector that um, China is interested in as part as their part of their Made in China 2025 plan, so they'll they'll exert uh, you know coercion. on on these people in the Chinese diaspora over here in the United
0: States. And in in your, you know, in your special operator hearts, how does it feel to know that the Chinese Communist Party has been given uh, outposts over here? Uh, Don't like it one bit. Um, The FBI doesn't like it
1: either. Believe it or not, they're actually working on it. They may not say uh, much out loud, but the uh, FBI director did comment on it. Um, And there's, you know, a couple things they do. One, they're not, You know, they're not putting up signs saying, hey, Chinese police station here. They're going to be concealed under uh, commercial cover, you know, working inside other businesses that probably have a connection to, uh, you know, a Chinese company back in the U.S. And, you know, they're going to keep their activities as low visibility as possible. And, you know, what our government needs to do is, one, you know, they can do, uh, you know, a couple different things. One is once they find them and confirm that this is actually happening at a specific location with specific people you know, doing these activities, they can shut them down or they can basically flip it and do a counterintelligence operation and kind of monitor and build out, you know, networks and see how they're communicating, who they're communicating to, which is why, you know, you might not see a whole lot happening in the, uh, in the eyes of the press.
0: Okay. So those of us like me who just want them shut down and taken out of the country, I guess then I'm not thinking in the long game and the long game is, yeah, so who else are they working with over here?
1: Absolutely right. Um, if possible, you want to build out networks. Um, like I said, the connections all the way back to China, and this is how you, you know, if, if the different locations are communicating within the United States, if you can run down those communication lines, then you can start identifying other locations because they're, not, like I said, they're not going to advertise themselves. So it's a, uh, it can be a long game. It's a counterintelligence game. Um, I think that uh, regarding China, I think uh, a few years back. One of the directors said that probably a new counterintelligence case involving China is open in the United States every year, and, it's, and they have open cases in all fifty states.
0: Ah, uh, so when I hear that, I'm, and this is we talked about this last week a bit. Uh, when I had retired General Jerry Boykin on the program, uh, Lieutenant General retired Jerry Boykin, mm-hmm. he told me that the the corruption from the Communist Party goes to the highest levels of government, including the military. And it, you know, he was such a general. It's so funny the way uh, he he's a. I mean, the generals are kind of general like. And I asked him that question. Um, you know, Lieutenant General, does the corruption go to the the highest parts of our government, the White House and the Pentagon? He goes, son, the answer is yes. <laughs> like, there was no ambiguity in that. Do you concur with the general? Um, I don't have visibility at the same, you know, nosebleed
1: levels uh, that, that a retired general would. You know, I'm kind of more at the ground user level. Yeah. But just, I mean, look at something just happened recently in Canada. A, uh, the Royal Canadian United Police gave a contract for uh, their communications to a company based in Canada, but is owned by a company in China. And that company in China is at least 10% owned by the Communist uh, Party of China. And by law, every Chinese company is required, when asked, to cooperate with the Ministry of State Security. So how can that trickle down to that Canadian company? Uh, um, I forget which province it's based in, but you know, how can pressure be exerted by that Chinese company on them to give access to the communications or what? Equipment Are they going to be providing? Is it going to come from that parent company in China? And why did no one in the Canadian government look at the security aspects of this prior to the contract being awarded? That didn't happen. So that's where I'm seeing, you know, there's certainly potential for Chinese uh, influence there. Is the same thing happening uh, here? I'll defer to General Boykin on
0: that. <laughs> uh, and I, I forget you guys operate in all these different fields. I mean, Boykin was a White House guy. He saw this. And, and you mentioned something like with Canada. And it rolls so easily off your tongue. And no one up there thought to say, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea, Mike. Um, I'm reminded of the Chinese Communist Party's uh, very kind offer to dispatch to the United States a bunch of drones. Um, that police that, that, you know, police agencies could use to track the citizens and far be it for me to imagine that China would put backdoor access into that so that they could watch us too. Right. I mean, they're, they're that craven to control us, aren't they? Well, they already have those
1: backdoors in the TikTok uh, app. So why wouldn't they have them in, uh, in drones? Yeah.
0: Uh, I know that this goes back into the Boykin territory a little bit, then I want to get into some of the corporate stuff because China is apparently home to a bunch of hackers, uh, well, shocking I know, (laughs) that took a bunch of money from COVID bailouts. This will turn out to be one of the biggest siphonings of money in history, not just to pharma and that scam, but into the hands of of criminals who knew that they could go into that uh, wide open territory. Uh, If this ever became a kinetic warfare thing, and I've asked every time I've Ask people like you, operators at the top level, Boykin, they all have the same answer, but I just want to check and make sure we're still good, right? If we went to a kinetic war with China, we still win, right?
1: Um, I would definitely like to think so. We have the difficulty of carrying this war across the Pacific, which is uh, incredibly difficult logistically. There's the old adage, do not do not get involved in a land war in China, yeah. but I mean, or I'm sorry, in Asia don't get involved in a land war in Asia. And, uh, but like I said, this would come to a head over Taiwan most likely. It's going to be, as I said, it'll be rough. It'll be bloody. But we're, we have a superior military. We just have to make sure that a lot of our systems are resilient enough to, uh, for their robust cyber warfare efforts. You remember, when it comes to numbers of people, you can throw out a problem. China can always throw more at it than we can. It's a matter of you know, how good they are. We, you know um, The saying is uh, quantity has a quality all its own. Yeah, but like I said it would be. It would be uh, if we're fighting over uh, Taiwan. You know, I think we could probably save Taiwan should we. You know, decide we're going to commit to do it, but it won't be. Uh, it won't be like uh, you know Iraq,
0: Afghanistan. You know, a smaller thing like that. No, and you think that it could be Taiwan that kicks it into kinetic gear? Um, I don't know.
1: If, I don't know if Taiwan wants to do that themselves. They're kind of. They're kind of worried, and they have their own political issues. You know, you have parties, uh, political parties over there that are cl- uh, more closely aligned with Beijing. So they have a lot of internal things going on. Um, but Taiwan is actually also one of the uh, intellectual property uh, uh, threats to America, um, not like the mainland. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I would not like to see uh, Taiwan try to find out for a fact if we would come to their aid by precipitating <laughs> something
0: well uh, I you know I, I, I don't fear that day because uh, fear is not a godly emotion, and I know who wins in the end but um, just picturing the, a, an actual war between us and China if that doesn't chill you maybe you know check and make sure that you live in reality because it yeah. with all I mean if they're now to the point of having... The, the, the Minister of State Security working over here, they probably have some other things going on. We'll continue to talk with uh, Mike O'Rourke and really on this topic of hacking as well. Um, I want to get into your business. You may think that China doesn't have many interest in your business. You, you're probably wrong. And we'll talk to Michael Rourke about corporate espionage, which is another aspect of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, there's some really big news happening in the world of Bonefrog Coffee. My brother friend, Tim Cruikshank, is a Navy veteran, 25 years in the Navy, also Navy SEAL. And there is a retail store coming. Now, I, I, I can tell you that it's going to be in Washington State to start. Okay, in the Redmond area. It's not there yet. So don't head over there yet. But also know this, that this, this Christmas, uh, we're going to blow it out. Uh, we're going to, to just explode this Christmas season for Bone Frog. And, and yes, it benefits us. Let's be clear. It does. Um, I was at a uh, little restaurant here eating lunch uh, this weekend. And I wore my Bone Frog hat and the young lady came up and said, that's a cool brand. I said, yep, it's a cool brand. We talked about the coffee um, and maybe we'll move it into the restaurants over here. Here's the deal. There's two new blends. There's a decaf. So for all of you who've been saying, yep, I want a Backbone Frog. I like God Country Team. I love the story. I love that they've got real coffee, not just garbage. Dave Stewart doesn't make garbage coffee 50 years in the business. He's a legend. He does a lot of the roasts. He mentors Tim. He is involved in the creation of not just the brand, but the coffee. Um, So Zen Frog is now decaf with the Swiss water process, meaning it's not the chemicals that took the decaf out, Okay. It's the Swiss water process, and that also means it tastes enormously better. And there's Door Kicker. And the Door Kicker brand is to honor the guys who stand in what's called the cone of death. So you're going into a building, you're getting ready to kick in the door. What's behind it? Well, we kind of know, but maybe we don't know what they have, bombs, grenades. um, You know, we don't know. Missile launcher in your face? Don't know. So it honors the Door Kickers. It's called Door Kicker, and it has, surprisingly, the most caffeine. If any of the Bone Frog brand. So you add this to the stable of products that exist with is the medium roast and the dark roasts and and you come up with a coffee company getting ready to turn an important corner. It's bonefrog.us. Remember you get five percent off lifetime subscription. So you want to get in front of this freight train and be on the team that helped Bonefrog become the next big thing in veteran owned businesses. Bonefrog.us. Oh, by the way, they're not going to turn their back on their on their values like that other coffee company. It's it's Bonefrog.us. Talk with the guy who runs a veteran-owned company, uh, AOC Security. Mike Rourke is with me. Uh, Mike, you know, I was looking at the hacking of of COVID benefits, and that was such an easy trip for people to take, and I didn't even know that hacking is required social engineering it's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars that people got, but shockingly there's China um, in the, in the midst of this, but that is such a minor part of what they're doing in espionage. Is there a, is there an industry in which they're not interested in in theft, the Chinese Communist Party?
1: Um, not really. Uh, and the uh, <laughs> easiest, easiest way to hack a computer system is to, is to defeat one of the humans behind it. Uh, China has, I alluded to it earlier, uh, what they call their "Made in China 2025" plan, and they're targeting uh, ten specific sectors. And if you got company owners out there, company executives, and if, uh, I'll, I'll run through these sectors real quick. But don't think, okay, I'm not directly in that sector. But if you're tangentially connected somehow, if you supply a company in that sector in one of those sectors, you're a target as well. So it the web reaches wide. But they're, they're interested in uh, new generation information technology, new energy and energy-saving vehicles, uh, high-end computerized machines and robots, energy equipment, aerospace, agricultural machines, maritime equipment and high-tech ships, new materials, advanced railway transportation equipment, and biopharma and high-tech uh, medical devices. And that, that's just what's officially listed in their plan. And shortly after the plan came out, in uh, I want to say uh, twenty fifteen, they they quickly stop talking about it. They say, "Oops, we let slip a little too much." But uh, yeah, they're uh, they're doing it through a variety of ways. I'm having partnerships with other companies, and then kind of coercing them to hand over their tech if they want to build things in China. And they're going out. They're going out and stealing it by compromising people within companies, hacking computer systems, um, putting pressure on uh, uh, Chinese Americans, and uh, you know. Emigrated Chinese who work in the who work in those areas. Um, the universities, uh, university research, academic research is a huge area they're interested in, and they're they've got academia penetrated top to bottom. So yeah, it's it's a big issue.
0: And okay, I think people know about the Confucius Institute and more. um, There's another program uh, that they started, she started on the campuses. But she said something that really piqued my interest. And that is that even if you're not in that industry, if you're in the supporting industry, Um, they want to be able to exploit you. Um, so give me an example of an exploit. Let's say like, look, um, I'm in North Idaho and so there's logging is big here. Um, and in in the Southern part of our state, farming is still big and yeah, potatoes are a big deal here. Uh, that sort of agriculture. So give me an example of what some kind of exploit looks there. Like they, they know you, you're making new equipment or using new equipment and they want to get in there. How's that human exploit work or an example of how it works?
1: But if you're uh, manufacturing something, a new piece of equipment, you've got something that's proprietary to your company and it's in a sector they're interested in. There's there's a lot of ways. Um, I said they'll try to hack it. They might try to have a former partnership with your company, with a company over in China. And even if you're not actually doing business in China, this partnership can bring a lot of money into your company. In which case, hey, for for all this money, we want to see the plans. We want to make sure we're getting what we're actually investing in. So then they get to see the plans, and then they can start copying them. Um, they can turn someone in your company through uh, money. The, uh, there's an acronym called MICE when it comes to uh, exploiting someone for like intelligence or uh, economic espionage purposes. Uh, money, ideology, uh, compromise or coercion, and ego. These These are the ways in which you can get someone to betray their employer. And when we're we're talking about this, um, the term of art is uh, economic espionage. That's when we're talking about a country against a company. Industrial espionage is uh, company against company. Some of that stuff happens here in the United States between American companies, and it's illegal as well. But the um, law against uh, uh, stealing intellectual property was passed in 1996. And it's actually taken pretty seriously. It's actually uh, the FBI's number two priority behind uh, counterterrorism. So it's, it's a big deal and people do go to jail for it.
0: Give me an instance, Mike, or I mean, I know that you can't disclose clients, um, and you can't disclose, you know, client names, you wouldn't do that anyway, Mm -hmm. I guess, unless they gave you permission. But um, Mm -hmm. give me an instance where you've come in and seen, hey, did you guys know you're getting ready to hook up with a Chinese Communist Party uh, linked entity? Or did you know that this person has been compromised? Or, you know, run us through one of those things where you in your work of actually had to go to people and say, hey, you know, uh, good news, bad news, good news is I found them, but bad news is that they were here yeah the um well I can't really go into anything involving clients,
1: but uh, what I can do is um, it's, I can talk about one of the bigger cases that became public uh, some years ago um, that was involving uh, wind turbines, a, uh, specifically the uh, software to run them. There was a company in Massachusetts that had uh, you know basically their secret sauce was, uh, hey, we have this intellectual property, the software that's running these things, a uh, company in China, because uh, China is actually the biggest user of wind turbines. And a, a uh, Chinese company came in and said, Hey, here's an $800 million contract for, uh, you know, which was fantastic for this company. Their stock value shot up. They, um, went into business with this company. Some things were being uh, sent over there. They're starting to make things over there. They, uh, compromise Chinese compromised, uh, one of their major developers, an individual from Austria who was working at an Austrian subsidiary, got him to leave, leave, uh, the American company deal the software and the source code, take it with him and uh, take it to China. And they, the American company discovered this when they went to work on a turbine somewhere and found it was their software in it, but they didn't supply it and saw where the Chinese had bypassed some of the, uh, some of the things that were, you know, proprietary and the stock value of this company was like, it uh, lost about a billion dollars in value and it ended, ended up costing uh, like this was a 1.2 billion dollar company at the time, and it ended up costing over a billion dollars in that uh, uh, market cap, and somewhere between 600 and 700 jobs were lost. And at the t- but right before this happened, that uh, stock was trading uh, I want to say in the hundreds of dollars, and uh, they'd never recover. Right now, it's about a four dollar a share uh, stock. Wow. Okay. Now imagine if you're not imagine if you're not publicly traded. You know, what, what can happen to, like, you know, the, 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 all the money the founder put into this company, the family put in, maybe multi-generational. And you can see the damage that can be caused. And a lot of these companies won't go public when this happens because of that very reason of what, what can happen to their reputation and their stock value.
0: So they just let the fraud flow.
1: <laughs> yeah, or, or they, you know, they try to stop it, but then keep it quiet. And the FBI will get involved in these cases. And then they will, you know, they'll work with companies, you know, and, you know, we'll get, we get involved. Um, and they FBI will work with companies in a way to, in a way that keeps, I guess, company names from going public and keeping uh, certainly the intellectual property from being put out there in yeah. court documents. And, and but yeah. the idea, the idea is to prevent it by putting policies, procedures in place, knowing what your intellectual property is and protecting it. Because prevention is a whole lot cheaper than, uh, than the remediation.
0: Yeah. And I want to just, I I know you can't go through everything you do, because why would you? Uh, But I want to talk about um, just some simple acts of prevention, knowing that people hire you to do these things in the more complicated ends. And um, we'll continue to talk with Michael Rourke, AOC Security. And if you're in any of these industries, or you supply these industries, uh, this is something you need to internalize and understand, because I will tell you, Microsoft lets hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars out the door. I'm not privy to the actual number, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was 500 million or more per year. More in pirated software where firms in China were pirating Windows and they let it go. Uh, Hey, this is another company that we are just seeing people turn the corner on, particularly in this Christmas season. I want to just present like three scenarios to you. First of all, everybody's going to use soap. Okay, The companies that supply soap, there's good people that work there, but a lot of them are super woke and backing things like abortion and you know what else. Uh, The other thing is a lot of these companies are not particularly our friends. Uh, not just on the woke side, but on policy side. And, and frankly, on some of the ingredients in the soap, there's that. Um, then there is this, that we talk so often about the parallel economy. Well, Alan's soaps, it hits all of those angles. Parallel economy. We're told that people like young Alan, who is high on the autism scale and has a bunch of structural health challenges that are going to lead him through probably 10 or 12 surgeries in his life. He's already done seven. He's 12. Uh, that he has no value in the workplace. That's what they'd tell you. It's a lie. It's vicious. Alan has tremendous value. He is the chief soap officer. What does that mean? Well, it means that you're going to get fragrances you can't get anywhere else because it came from the mind of a kid who can't speak full sentences. In many of the cases, it's Alan's memories. It's the things he can say. That's a tremendous gift to wash your body with. Number two, parallel economy, is the fact that it's natural. Like, All natural ingredients. It's not harsh. It's made with three generations of soap-making expertise. Uh, In terms of friendship, well, the company is founded to be a home for people like Alan to work. Not to draw charity, but to work. As the company grows, they'll hire more people like Alan to work with Alan. That's your contributing to that. And then in the terms of the type of company, well, it was founded from a father's desire to see his son thrive to the degree that he can. In this Christmas season, now think about people who match those values and think about what it would be for them to know every time that they step into the shower or the bath and they use this great soap, they're also supporting that parallel economy, that moral economy, and if I dare say it, a more godly view of people, right? Because Alan's life matters and so does the soap. So it's allensoaps.com/ slash Todd. You get 10% off everything there. If you've tried this soap and not yet subscribed, why not subscribe? And the gift baskets there, those are some extraordinary ways to celebrate life on the day that we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus. It's allensopes.com slash Todd. Mike O'Rourke is with us, uh, AOC security, uh, retired special forces operator. And Mike, as we close this out, what are some of the simple things that people can do um, so that they're not uh, soft targets for espionage? Sure. Uh,
1: Here at Advanced Operational Concepts, which AOC is the shorthand, um, we like to set up uh, basically a counterintelligence program with a company. That first, they have to identify what needs to be protected, and companies can do some of this on their own. You know, just by listening here and taking a look at what they what they have to protect, who has access to it, and then you need to know about the people who have access. So, and you know, it's people, processes, procedures as far as protecting the information. So once you once you know what needs to be protected, you can start isolating it, um, cutting it off. You know, maybe even having separate computer networks. Uh, And where only certain people have access to that information, we want to see how vulnerable the network is. We want to look at, um, you know, if there are any risk factors among the people with access to this intellectual property. And so it's really more of a kind of holistic counterintelligence uh, look at it. And uh, it's, you know, something that we're pretty good at. And we we do it quietly um, and starts with a conversation with, you know, the CEO, the company founder. And uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of us to talk about that, uh, info at, uh, at opcon.com, dot ncom and we can get the conversation going.
0: Do people, uh, do companies have a higher regard for their security than, than they should?
1: They, uh, a lot have a, uh, a lower regard for their security. Um, a lot, A lot of companies, they might, you know, try to focus on workplace violence, active shooters, and mm-hmm. a lot of companies do a poor job at that, and we can help with that also. Um, but when it comes to actually protecting uh what they do, some of the bigger companies might be better at it. I know you mentioned Microsoft. One of the easiest things to find in Asia, anywhere in Asia is uh uh pirated copies of uh you know pretty much any Microsoft program. Yep. Um you know, same same with movies and things like that. But when it comes to like heavy manufacturing, that's a bit more uh of a process that where a Chinese company has to set up a factory, but they want that information. They want to steal it, and I think a lot of companies don't know what they don't know. Um, there was a, an example uh, some years back where a pet food manufacturer, they developed a pr- proprietary process to extract more protein from the raw materials, thus making, you know, they produce a, a better pet food at a, at a lower cost. So they could get more out of the same amount of raw materials. And they used to give tours and let pe- anyone who walked through see the machinery, tell them about the process. Anyone could walk through and and, you know, take all the pictures, ask all the questions. And it, it took a little bit of convincing to have them um, maybe not do that anymore.
0: <laughs> so they were using that. That's something that the, the uh, a Chinese uh, spy could use a tour and go through enough times and take enough pictures that that can help them?
1: Absolutely. They, they do that a lot. And they'll kind of flood the zone. You might have a, a couple of folks come in one week and then a month later, someone else comes in. Um, people started asking questions. If, they, if you leave the tour group unattended, uh, Chinese operatives have started plugging hard drives into into computers, workstations they see laying around, and putting in malicious code. Um, so it's, it's, it's yeah, it's uh, you know it's a lot of hands-on activity. They've had uh, Chinese operatives try to steal the color white uh, from Dupont, which is actually uh, titanium dioxide, but it's like something that makes things incredibly white. They've uh, they've caught. Uh, Chinese operatives in in uh, cornfields trying to steal hybrid seeds, and it was actually a big operation where they had smuggled lots and lots of seeds back to China to uh, to study and improve their crops. It's it's a whole gamut of things, and they have enough people. Well, I said they'll they will come at you. They'll flood the zone, and without programs, processes, procedures in place,
0: you know you might not know what's coming at you. And you mentioned the people aspect to this as well. And I, and I appreciate that we always make the delineation between the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese people. You spend so much time in China. Uh, I've always taken it that you have in your mm-hmm. hearts a, a great liking of the people of China.
1: Um, oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And you were talking about, though, that the, the, the party, the Chinese Communist Party, will put pressure on Chinese Americans uh, who might be working in an organization, and the pressure would be, hey, we need this information from, from whatever company that it is, Google or, or Boeing or whatever. We need you to get that. And the Chinese person working here now could say, hey, I can't do that. And they could say, yeah, except you still have family here. Your sister still lives here. Uh, your mom still lives here. So you're, you're going to need to do that. Is that, a, is that an actual scenario?
1: That is, that is an exact scenario. That falls under the uh, coercion and uh, compromise aspect of MICE. You know, say, you know, your cousin back in uh, Guangzhou might, uh, might or might not have to go to this massive, uh, COVID isolation, uh, internment camp. Um, you know, the, your, uh, your niece, you know, she's got an application in to this uh, special university. She's got the great grades, but something might happen to her social credit score that maybe she doesn't quite cut, make the cut to get in. So, but you can, but you can influence that situation by helping us. Yeah, and you're helping, you know, be helping your family back home.
0: And that sounds so easy to do when you have, again, so many people and a regime that has absolutely no morals. Um, is there anything that businesses can do to watch out for that? Is there any like any simple thing that people can do to? Because I don't want to turn this into go gather everyone who works in your company who's Chinese and say you're all spies and you're all fired. I don't think anyone in the podcast family would do that but are there ways that you can look for signs that this is going on?
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the things we do is that uh, we provide training on elicitation and counter-elicitation and how to report it. Elicita- elicitation is the art of, art of conversation where you're extracting information from someone without them knowing what you're doing and what the purpose is. So, yeah, elicitation training, um, we provide training on basically how to recognize when someone is conducting an intelligence operation against you. When they're, when you're being targeted. And we, and we tell companies they need to empower their employees to be able to report this without fear of retribution from within the company. You know, if someone reports this, you don't want to say, oh, well, you're a risk, so you're fired. We don't want that. We want people to have the confidence to report this and know that they'll be protected by their company. And when this, you know, if this needs to be brought uh, to the federal government's attention, that these people will be seen as essentially heroes in the case. Or And victims as opposed to potential adversaries.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I always want to be careful because our conversations privately are private conversations and our podcast conversations are podcast conversations. Is there anything you can share in terms of um, in your in your work history um, testing the security of something that should be secure? Uh, that you would think of, uh, say, for instance, a military base or a, a high-tech facility or, um, you know, uh, like academic research that really should be very, very secure and maybe you were hired to test it or is that something you can't talk about?
1: Um, maybe in some broad terms. Um, uh, within, the, uh, within the past year, I don't want to say, who, you know, who the client was or what the purpose was, but I was able to uh, gain access, basically, basically walk all over a university's uh, spaces. And just by, just, just by dress, uh, dressing, you know, more like someone who looked, you know, like an academic, um, I'd walk into, you know, walk into this area, these buildings, and someone would look at me quizzically, and I'd just say, smile and say hi, and they say hi back, and boom, I go, and I'm, a, I'm able to get, uh, get the lay of the floor plan, um, all, you know, get, uh, close up pictures of the locks, you know, basically your points of entry, oh. um, get, get an idea of security, uh, And that's—I mean—that is so easy to do, so easy, if you just look like you belong. Yeah, and no—and no one there is trained to challenge you. Yeah, I Uh, um, go ahead. In the military career, we—we, you know, we've done. uh, When I was in first special forces group, uh, way back in uh, in the olden days when the world was still in black and white, um, we used to go and do uh, work against the uh, Navy facilities here, Um, you know, like Keyport Special Weapons Facility. Um, you know, they, they have a hyperbaric chamber, um, there for, you know, if there's a, like a diving accident where someone needs to be repressurized, you know, it's an easy matter. Well, one thing we did way back then is, uh, we stole an ambulance, called in a diving accident and rolled through the gates with the, uh, with the lace and siren going. Um, and then, you know, jumped out and he- had our Murray way with the baby. Oh. Um, but I mean, they, they, they were on, you know, they were on, so they, they were chasing us immediately and that wouldn't work now. Uh, security is much more robust at our military bases than it was back then. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, and there were other things. Uh, we one of the bases, um, um, one, one, one of our teams uh, was able to kidnap the base commander. And uh, <laughs> now he, he, he knew it was coming. Yeah, you know, So we didn't kick that, but yeah, we basically grabbed him from his house and, uh, and, you know, kind of spirited him away. So, yeah, this this is more, you know, like a high-intensity kind of thing, but uh, like what it is, this university for an unnamed client uh, is more along the lines of kind of what we do. It's a, like physical penetration testing. I'm yeah. sure in the tech world, you're familiar with the other kind of penetration testing. Yeah. Um, so what Chinese operators do, they'll do the physical penetration in order to make the electronic penetration.
0: Wow. So I guess I would say this. Um, if, if one of my podcast family members has a business, will you go... <laughs> Will you go bring your team out and try to compromise their business and, and uh, see if you can get in? Absolutely. All right. All right. If, you're, if you ever want a retired special forces team to come out to your business and see if you are, uh, if you're uh, as tight as you think you are, then get in touch with Mike, his contact stuff. Everything is in the show notes. Um, what's uh, what's on the horizon for us to worry about. Give me something to keep me up at night just before I let you go.
1: Um, definitely. Uh, keep keep an eye on China. The um, they're, it looks like they've eased some of their COVID restrictions because of the results of the protest. But what they've been doing was also kind of picking off the protest leaders and they haven't been seen since. Oh. Um, you need to keep an eye on Iran. Um, you know, of course they're supplying drones and also sending people um, to work with the Russians in Ukraine. Um, and Ukraine's done a pretty good job of uh, smoking some of them with some uh, artillery and rocket fire. But, you're kind of, you know, it's basically this kind of, you know, has, you know, the old phrase, the access of evil. Um, Russia is a junior partner to China. Uh, and China's keeping an eye on Russia saying, oh, it might not be so crazy about how you're doing this, but China has their own plans. Um, definitely watch this more intellectual property theft, more attempts to steal American technology. Um, advanced operational concepts is all about keeping American ingenuity here in America. Well, and that, that's, a, that's a, that's a big part of what we do. And that's, that's the main thing on the horizon. There's going to be more of it. As you look at the main China 2025 plan, you look at the, uh, China's 1,000 talents programs, which you may have heard of, and I yeah. call the 1,000 cuts program. You know, the death by a 1,000 cuts is what that program really is. Um, there will be, be more, I expect more scandals involving uh, people in American and Western academia being uh, rolled up as being uh, too cozy with the Chinese not reporting their connections. So there's going to be a lot more of that.
0: All right, that's all good stuff to keep aware of, uh, Mike, I always appreciate you. Appreciate what you do for, did for our country. Continue to do, and you know my habit is to uh, invite people to go with God's good grace. And glad we made it through the uh, the tech firewall. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, brother. All uh, right, this is the Todd Herman show. Please remember this: that China is um, not the Chinese Communist Party. We know that it's the people, and great opportunity for us to pray for the people. And you want to hear something crazy? The the church, the the Lord's church. The Christian church is legitimately growing over there. Can you believe it? I can. Want to know why? Because with God, all things are possible. Thank you, Lord, for growing that, your presence, the body of Christ in China. Please go be well, be strong, and be kind.